0: Hello, and welcome to Meta Beta Gaming. I am your host, Matthew Warbe, a.k.a. MRB 001 for all the Instagram followers and for all you PC gamers. I'm cool Hardy 100 on Steam because I just gave up on consoles. I seriously did. I'm just going to stick to PC full time as well as console emulation for all of my retro consoles that I have. Yes, they are legal. They are legal. I, I am not pirating them. I do own these consoles. They're just broken. So I play the games that I legally own. Off a PC emulation. Let's get that right off the bat. (laughs) But yeah. um, I apologize for no episode last week. We were struck with severe weather issues. um, Which caused a lot of issues with the electricity. With the power. Kept on going out for several days on and off. Because of the massive rain that we got. We literally got like three days of rain. Back to back nonstop. And even though my equipment. Is on a UPS battery backup as well as a power surge device. Just didn't feel comfortable, you know, with having the PC on and running while I was recording during these massive, you know, rainstorms as well as electrical problems. So once again, guys, I apologize for that, but I'm back. So let's get on to this episode, which is a very curious episode because I was looking at the I was looking at the Meta Beta Gaming catalog. We're pretty close to 100 episodes. We got a couple, we we got like 40 episodes to go somewhere around there to reach 100, but we will get there. But I was noticing we don't really do that much reviews on video game adaptations. We did, um, we did cover briefly about it before. So, uh, yeah. So Castlevania Noctura came, came out the sequel to the Netflix Castlevania series. If you haven't seen the Netflix Castlevania series, I commend you to go do it. It's probably one of the best video games adaptation right now. It's just such a great series. It captures the essence of Castlevania perfectly. And I didn't think it was going to be beaten. I honestly did not think that level of quality was going to be beaten, but yet the sequel... Just goes above and beyond. Like it passed the bar that Castlevania set and then took the bar and raised it even further of how good this series is. Like the season one is only eight episodes long, but they take advantage of the eight episodes. They really do. You know, it's paced very lightly because of the fact that. They're not following the game, they are not following the game at all. Maybe if it gets to a later season, maybe in the later seasons, it will follow the game, but it doesn't follow the game in its first season. This is a complete original story, and I love it because it's still Castlevania, it's still Castlevania, and it still leaves that part where they could still follow the game, you know, they could still follow it. Um, so we do get. This is more of a backstory, I guess, a prequel to the Castlevania Rondo, of blood video game. That's the feel that I'm getting because we got um, not only do we get a backstory of how of how Richter Belmont got to France. You know, we got a backstory on Annette, his future lover. We got a backstory on Maria. You know, we do get these backstories for these characters and it's good because you know in castlevania in castlevania lore you know richter belmont is one of the most powerfulest belmonts to exist not only can he wield the the sacred whip he can also do magic and in the game and in the series they actually cover that because since he is the descendant of trevor belmont and actually a cypher you know, Cipher was a speaker, but she was also a scholar of magic, and she could she could also do elemental magic. So, uh, given that he is a descendant of the child of Trevor and Cipher, he he actually can also do magic as as actually well. So, um, that was a great callback. But if you're familiar with Castlevania: uh, Ronda of Blood, which is what this series is based off of, they don't give much story about Richter Belmont. They really don't. the, The game plays out like a traditional Castlevania game. Richter Belmont has to save his girlfriend Annette from the recently resurrected Dracula. Now, this is a bit of a conflict because in the original Castlevania series in Netflix, Dracula was resurrected as a human. Him and his lover You know him and his wife. I should, I, I should say, they were resurrected as humans in the ending of Castlevania season four, and they kind of lived their life in peace. So I was kind of surprised they did not go that route for for the sequel yet. But it was pleasantly surprised because this new villain they got. I don't want to spoil it, but she is just badass. She is seriously bad ass. And it's just phenomenal. And I really like this backstory because it really hones down Richter's Belmont's morals, his values, his determination, his uh, drive. It really showcased trauma, you know, trauma that is so crazy because no child should ever have to deal with that trauma. Um, uh, I don't want to spoil it to anybody who hasn't seen the series yet, but it's very... Bruce Wayne Batman S you know uh, Bruce Wayne and Rick, their Rick, their Belmont of the Netflix series you know they have a lot in common they have they have a lot in common when it comes to trauma, but it's that trauma that adds that extra layer it's that trauma that you see in the series that makes you emotionally invested in the character because you could feel for them you could truly feel for them. Boredom. You know, in the later episodes, when uh, when Victor Belmont gets that PTSD because, as an adult, he finally is face to face with, you know, with the source of his trauma, and he freaks and he runs. You know, you feel for him. You really do feel for him because he's saying that he's only been afraid one time in his entire life. And that's when he was 10 years old. That was the only time where he truly was afraid. So actually for him, seeing that trauma again reverts him back to that 10 year old boy self. You know, he's a 10 year old boy again. He isn't a young man, you know, 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. He's a 10 year old child again. He's a nine year old boy. He's a 10 year old boy again. Yeah. And it's just so heart-wrenching. It's really heart-wrenching. And then we get Annette. Oh, my God. Annette's backstory again. So much better than the games. Uh, is really so much better. It really is. Um, Annette in Castlevania, uh, you know, Rondo Blood in the video, she's a typical damsel in distress typical 90s you know typical 1990s 91 92 93 typical damsel in distress no type of <laughs> personality whatsoever even in the remake that they did for the for for the PSP that um that gives you voice acting and stuff like that there's no personality whatsoever she's just a typical damsel in distress, who is the girlfriend of Richter Belmont? And Richter Belmont has to save her from Dracula. Typical, you know, typical classic 90s damsel in distress, similar to Princess Peach and Mario, and just about every other game in that era. But in the Netflix series, they took her to a whole other level. They took her to a level that I was like, holy crap, they really fleshed her out. They really gave her such a compelling backstory and really elevated the whole relationship dynamic between Richter and actually Annette, because once again, in the video games, we don't get this type of backstory. We don't get the reason why they love each other, how, how they fell in love, how, you know, how they came to be together. You know, we don't get that in the video game and in a Netflix series, once Once again, this is more of a prequel to the video games, I guess. um, Because this is a completely original story. But we really do get that backstory. And it's such a wonderful backstory. It's such a wonderful backstory. Um, Annette in this one, she is a slave. She was a slave in one of the Caribbean islands. And uh, her family comes from... Uh, if I remember correctly, her family comes from a descendant of uh, ancient, ancient gods um, from her father's side. You know, her father comes from ancient gods, which he can turn uh, earth into metal, you know, so she has this power that she can actually create uh, swords and knives and different melee stabbing weapons using using earth and ultra, and uh, also manipulate. Uh, metal that is around her so it's a very cool power for her to have and it's fitting because it fits her nationality it fits her race it fits the culture so it's not a place it's very fitting they explain it well and they do a good job explaining her actually backstory um it's just so well done really but we get to see once again her emotional drive her own personal trauma. Um, her own personal goals and stuff like that. Her own, you know, survival instincts kicking in. We get to see all of that very well, very well done, fleshed out. And it's just great. And seeing her interact with uh, Richter Belmont and seeing, you know, seeing those seeds planted for their relationship, if the series continues with season two, three, and four. You know, hopefully I pray to God because this series is so good. Hopefully they do it because we get to see these little moments of Richter and Annette bonding very briefly, but we see them bonding over their shared trauma. And I feel like this is the cornerstone of what's gonna make their relationship. It's them bonding over their shared childhood trauma and what both drives them into being the adults that they are now. You know, this you know the, the the things of their past forging them into the adults that they are now. Their childhood trauma forging them into the adults that they are now. Seeing them bonding it really does give this um I don't I don't know how to say it, but you know, because in the games we don't get this. We don't get this type of character development. We don't get to see these these actually um, growths in these characters. So in the games, it makes us harder to be em- emotionally invested other than, you know, enjoying the game because Castlevania games are great, you know. Um, so actually we, we really don't get emotional investment in these early Castlevania games. But in this series, we get a chance To see it. We get a chance to see the. The bonds. The growth. These actually characters. And there's a lot of characters in this show. And they all get such. Good amount. Of story time. They get proper amount of time on screen. You could clearly see them. You could clearly see their goals. Their motivations. They all get enough screen time. So that way you can make. An informed decision on whether you want to cheer for them, you want to boo them, you want to wish for their deaths, you want their heads cut off, you want them to get killed by vampires and night creatures, you know, you get enough time, and they tell you enough about these characters, and you get to seed it to make an informed decision on who you want to cheer for, who you want to boo, and such and such. You get those dynamics that is you know, vital for a good storytelling, for a good show. This show has it in spades. And again, the show, um, it has violence, it has gore, just like the original Castlevania series, but like the original Castlevania series, it's all justifiable. It's not violence for shock value. It's not mindless violence. It's not mindless killing. Everything has a purpose. Everything they do in the show has a purpose. Every person that dies is not mindless death. It serves a purpose to the overall story or to the personal story of the character that is affected by that death. Everything has a purpose in this show. The violence, the fighting, the death, everything has a purpose to serve the overall story. And that's why I like about this show. Not, nothing is mindless. Nothing is aimless. You're not watching a fight scene and wondering why are they fighting? Why are, you, why are they trying to kill each other? It's been all thoroughly described and told and well executed. And you understand why these people are fighting. You understand why this person died. You know, you get a sense of purpose for everything that is shown to you. There is a purpose. Even the villain, which is this vampire messiah, is crazy because Dracula was a hard bar to follow. You know, let's honestly be honest. You know, Dracula is so important to the Castlevania lore, the Castlevania missiles. So to have a main villain for the first season that isn't Dracula they really needed to not only set the bar high, but make a compelling villain. Because if they were to do another carbon copy of Dracula, it was going to fail. Everything else could be perfect. But if the villain, the main villain of this season one was just a carbon copy, it was not going to work. Thank God they did not go that route. They went with a whole, they they went with, a character that I believe it's an original character. I don't think this character is, um, is in the games. Cause I've been going through a lot of Castlevania lore throughout all of the games and I can't really find her. So um, I believe she is an original character. Yes, she is a she, she's a female van, uh, vampire, but her character is based off of Egyptian mythology. Um, I was doing research that her character is based off of Egyptian mythology and they weaved in Egyptian mythology into her backstory. So actually her backstory is pretty accurate to the Egyptian mythology character that she's based off of. I don't, once again, I don't want to give out spoilers, but her character is just amazing and she's a credible villain. I mean, the The finale feels like an Empire Strikes Back moment. You know, with Luke Skywalker getting getting his arm chopped off. Han Solo being captured and turned into that um, gigantic tablet type thing. You know, it really was a big L in the Star Wars original trilogy for the heroes. And in this series, the villain is so overpowered that the heroes take a huge L it really took a huge L you know and um it's and it really kind of sets the bar because now you're like okay how is season two how are they gonna beat this vampire messiah god you know because she's a self-proclaimed god you know how are they going to beat her uh in season two and of course, we got the return of Alucard, who is a uh, main character in Castlevania S- Symphony of Night, which is a sequel to actually Rondo uh, of actually Blood. Um, but also, his character, the 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 design, it's more fitting to the Symphony of Nights than than it is to the Netflix series. So, so uh, that's actually a good thing uh, to have his character char- character as accurate. As possible to help keep this grounded in the Castlevania mythos, because once again, this is not an adaptation of any video game. This is an original prequel story to Richter Belmont, Maria Annette, and actually the other characters. Uh, we still haven't gotten to the other characters yet, but uh, yeah, this is an original story. So, so uh, it's good to have a character that's accurate. I mean, Richter Belmont's design is accurate. To the game but also to have a to have card from symphony a night show up and also be design accurate on, on uh, another bar setup up I mean there's so much more i I could talk about this series for for at least a good hour because it's so well done I don't even know what else to say about the series that is isn't well done. The animation. Yeah, let's talk about the animation. Let's let's honestly talk about the animation. Cause that's because that's the one thing I have to talk about and not dive into spoiler territory. Cause it's hard to talk about this series and not jump into spoilers, which is why I'm having a hard time with this review. Because I don't want to jump into spoilers. But the animation is just phenomenal. Um, this is broadcast in 1080p, so this is full HD, but they added hdr they added dolby vision hdr support so if you have a hdr dolby vision compatible tv you have that enhanced color palette that dolby vision as well as regular hdr gives you and oh my god does dolby vision make this show look so much beautiful i mean i watched it in regular I watched it in regular um, stand um, standard definition range, um, then then I watched it on my 4K TV HDR10 TV, and it's beautiful. And then I watched it again on the living room, which is a 4K Dolby Vision TV, and oh my god, the Dolby Vision is just beautiful. It makes the colors pop so much, especially when they do magic. Especially when they do magic, I think. I think it's what makes it I think of what makes it great because the magic is only like the colors are just highlighted beautifully in the Dolby Vision. The only downside that I could say is the fact that it's only HD. I was hoping that this show was in native 4K so that way we get native 4K and Dolby Vision because of the fact that since it was broadcast in 1080p and I and I was watching this on a 4K TV, the image was a little on the soft side because, once again, you know, the um, Netflix has to scale it up to my uh, 4K display. So um, that was the only downside is that it wasn't native 4K. So the image was a little bit on the soft side. But the Dolby Vision totally makes it up for it. Of course, you get that uh, Dolby 5, 5.1 Surround the Sound. Also great. There's really nothing bad about this show. There really isn't. Um, maybe purists might not like it because of the fact that it's not an adaptation of the video game yet. But once again, this is a prequel. So it can still happen that maybe in the later seasons. Maybe in season three, going into season four, maybe if the series gets to those later seasons, we might get an adaptation of the video game, kind of like what Castlevania did with um uh in its uh first season, where they sort of adapted the actually video game, not sort of, but you know what I mean. They did a more faithful job. Um, this could still happen so. If you're a purist, give this show a chance, because once again, the video game adaptation might happen and you should still give it a chance because once again, it gives us character development and backstories that we don't get in the video game and it enhances your experience and it, and, and it enhances your emotional ties to these characters. There's really not much else to say about this show. I mean, it's a wonderful show. You guys should watch it. It's awesome. Hopefully, they make a season two. Hopefully, we don't have to wait that long for season two. Because this show is just amazing. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Matthew Warbe, a.k.a. warbay one for all you Instagram followers. And for all you PC gamers, I'm CoolHardy100 on Steam. That is my handle. You can follow me there. You can follow my co-host Paris Woods at sweet underscore heart Paris. That is his Instagram handle. I do not know his theme handle and, and his other game console handles, but that is his theme. You can follow him there. Thank you so much guys for the support for um, meta beta gaming. Uh, you can leave us comments. You can leave us messages. If you have any recommendations, uh, just, you know, follow on our Instagram, send us messages there. Uh, send us DMs on uh, Twitter. We will also be doing that as well. I'll post my Twitter handle later. Uh, Yeah. Have an awesome Sunday, guys. Have an awesome Sunday, and thank you so much for listening.